Live from Gross Point, Michigan, it's time for the number one radio show in the private service industry, where private service professionals can discuss topics that pertain to their industry. And now, here is your host, Dima National President, Matthew Hack. Hello and welcome to another edition of DEMA Live. DEMA Live is a radio show for the private service industry. The purpose of the show is to bring together private service professionals, vendors, principals, and agencies to discuss topics of interest to the high net worth service industry. DEMA Live is produced by the Domestic Estate Management Association, a trade professional association intended to serve those who serve others. You can find more about our association at our website, www.domesticmanagers.com. If you're listening to today's show live on blogtalk.com website, you can log into the Blog Talk Radio chat service where you can chat live, comment with other listeners, and submit questions online. During the show, you can also feel free to text any questions in by texting your questions to 313-404-3998. Once again, that number for texting any questions 313-404-3998. My name is Matthew Hack. I'm the president of the Domestic Estate Management Association, and I'll be your host today. I'm joined today by my special co-host, DJ Haverkamp, a private service professional based in the New York area. On today's show, DJ and I will be joined by Andrew Tilston. Andrew is the editor-in-chief of the online magazine Estate and Manor. Andrew is based just outside of London. And I had a good. Uh, I, we had the pleasure of meeting with him recently uh, in our during our trip in Europe to visit our international DEMA chapters. So, with that being said, let me start off by welcoming my co-host DJ. It's been over a month since we last visited. So, what's the new news with you? Uh, it's great to hear your voice again, Matt. Um, you know, listen, I wanted to uh, see if I could turn it around quick and just ask you if you could tell us a little bit about your trip to Europe. I would love to hear a little bit about what's been happening and uh, what you guys have been up to in your in your journeys. Well, actually, um, we, uh, we, we went overseas uh, for about two weeks. We uh, just uh, finished our national uh, convention or conference that we had on Saturday in, uh, in New York, which was an outstanding opportunity for a lot of uh, private service professionals to come together and learn. And uh, so that was a huge success, a fantastic event. And then from there, we were able to uh, fly overseas. We spent uh, about a week over in London. Uh, we then uh, flew from London over to Monaco and uh, spent about three days in Monaco and then uh, wrapped everything up by flying over to Paris uh, for a couple of days. So we, we spent about two weeks traveling um, and it was a, a great opportunity to be able to chat um, and meet people face to face that maybe we have known and had have had conversations with over the years uh, via email. But there's nothing like meeting someone face to face and being able to see the passion and excitement on their faces. You know, as we talk with some of the uh, the great uh, um, some of the great private service professionals that have been in the industry overseas for for a long time. So. Um, it was also a good opportunity for us to meet uh, a lot of the global affiliate memberships uh, and members that are part of the association because they have their offices based out of London and Paris. Uh, so right. that was great and it allowed us to begin uh, building that. Um, 
And then the opportunity, obviously, to be able to attend meetings in London and Monaco uh, was always a great, uh, is always fantastic. So with all that being said, one of those face-to-face meetings that we had is with today's guest. So without uh, any further ado, I guess we can go ahead and welcome Andrew Tilson. Andrew, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me on, Matt. Uh, it's great, great to have you here on the show today, and you know um, the the ability to be able to meet with you, Andrew. Recently was a a huge treat for Mike and I. I know that you've been working extremely hard on uh, on, on launching your uh, online estate and manor magazine. Um, we've been huge supporters of that, and uh, we feel that you have been a, a huge contribution to the movement of education uh, in the private service industry. So. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and also wanted to thank you for the hospitality that you showed us and have shown us support uh, during launching the London and Monaco chapters. So before we jump in, though, uh, talking about the Estate and Manor magazine, I thought maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your career in the private service industry. Sure. Um, I mean, my journey began in 2002. Um, I left the U.K. Uh, to to move to Moscow. Um, the reason for that, I was a teacher. Uh, I was younger. I wanted to to broaden my horizons and my general outlook on life. So, you know, I thought Russia, particularly Moscow, would be uh, would be a good good experience for me. Um, and I definitely was not wrong. Um, about four years, I was working for a couple of language schools in Moscow. Um, I would teach classes of children, adults. Um, which, which you know, I, I really enjoyed. Um, the people were just were just normal people. They wanted to learn English, but obviously, with the with the children, it was more of a case of them being forced to learn English by their parents, um, which was different for wealthy uh, parents' children, because uh, that was seen more of an elitist thing. Um, but yeah, I was recruited after the language schools. I was recruited to work as a private tutor or it's better known as a governor, which is the male version of a governess. Um, I actually worked in the affluent area of Moscow. Um, so this is where you'll find all of the Russian A-listers or, or Z-listers, whatever you, whatever you want to call them. Uh, you get politicians, jet setters, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you, you know, I'd go out of Moscow about 40 minutes and you'd suddenly enter a zone which is rammed full of Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Bentleys, etc. Um, you know, it's just where the money is in Moscow. Um, and I worked for this family for six years. Um, this family, they had houses all over the, all over the world. So Monaco, had, I think it was Barcelona, Dubai. Um, so yeah, my job is just to, to assist the, the child uh, with his educational development. Um, I travel around the world with them on holidays. Uh, to act as his, uh, well, I say, educational companion. Um, in Moscow, I also met my wife, my current wife, Anastasia, uh, and she's also uh, involved with uh, the magazine. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I worked as a, a governor for, for six years in Moscow, um, and I left Russia in 2012 to come back home. Uh, and we actually started our own recruitment agency for British private tutors, uh, which speci- well, it was specially devised for the Russian market. Um, we did reasonably well, but, you know, in all honesty, I think we lost a bit of passion for, for the recruitment. 
um, part of it, and we we wanted to do something a little bit uh, a little bit different, maybe a little bit more creative, and that that's basically where Estate of Manor was born. All right, yeah, I mean, I, look, I can completely understand, um, you know, placement is not for everyone, and uh, it's a really difficult thing uh, to try and get right, and so I can only, sure. I can only imagine, you know, how that, how that might have uh, impacted your passion for the industry, but um, mm-hmm. obviously, you've landed on your feet, you're still in the industry, you just found another yeah. way to be in the industry, right? So, uh, right. with that, with, with that being said, what was the catalyst that spurred you on to start an online magazine for the private service uh, community? Yeah, um, I mean, having worked for, for wealthy individuals, ultra high net worth individuals, and obviously seeing the patterns develop, you know, seeing the the increasing demand for these these types of services, these luxury services, lifestyle assistance. Um, both myself and Anastasia felt it would be be a really good time, a great time actually, to introduce a platform which was specifically um, catered for this industry. Um, obviously, we did our research, and 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 there was there was a gap in the market for for a magazine or a blog, um, and we simply seized the opportunity. Um, we we spent a few months figuring out how we could uh, piece it all together. Um, researching how we could get articles written uh, for us, uh, bearing in mind that our budget was not the largest in the world, and and, and basically uh, the ways um, in which the magazine could evolve over time. Um, it, was, it wasn't something uh, in which we could simply get up and running in a matter of weeks. Um, I think the whole thing actually took around two months of, of planning and building, and now here we are. I mean, we've, we'll actually be one year old in June, um, so time has, has flown by really quickly. Um, and I, I wasn't really prepared for the amount of work involved, if I'm honest. Uh, many of my friends vision me just sitting here pretending to be busy when it's actually the complete opposite. Um, I'm constantly on the go with it. Uh, and I do firmly believe it's something positive for the industry as a whole. Um, obviously, for me, uh, I'm learning as well. I don't know everything about the private service industry, so these articles actually educate me. I enjoy the content, and, yeah, I look forward to the 15th as much as anybody. <laughs> no, that's excellent. And I think that uh, uh, what you said about your friends uh, uh, viewing you sitting around not, not doing anything, that, uh, that definitely resonates. Uh, with, 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 with Mike and myself, um, uh, some of us, some of my friends have even referred to Dima as my imaginary club. So, um, I completely, I completely can relate to that. So now I know the answer to this story, this question, but I, I figured that we should put it out there just so that, uh, uh, just so that you can address it. But, um, obviously I assume that, that, that with, uh, with the creation of the magazine, there's been some, uh, you're, you're, you're savvy with the computer uh, and, and being able to pull things together. Do you have a team that's helping you build the website or how do you, uh, how are you developing your computer skills to be able to, to meet the demands of, of the magazine? Yeah. YouTube's a good thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't, wasn't really uh, computer savvy when I began. Um, you know, I could, uh, I could load a computer game and I could, you know, send an email and I could do various bits and pieces. But, um, yeah, curating a website on this scale was something I never thought I could, I could accomplish. Um, obviously I had the magazine planned out on paper, which is one thing. 
Um, but obviously then trying to trying to put that into a physical form, a digital form, is, is a completely different story. Um, you know, I thought about getting some quotes uh, to get the website built. As I said, I had it all on paper. I had all of the, the things I wanted. And I did have a feeling that, you know, when I went to these companies, I'd be getting some ridiculous figure to, for them to build the website for me. And I was actually right. And it was just simply way out of my price range. So, yeah, I, I turned on YouTube, as you do, and I watched a few videos. And I became self-taught in, in web design within a few weeks. Um, and, it, you know, it sounds really straightforward. Uh, it really is not. Um, you know, it's all well and good watching a step-by-step -step tutorial on how to build a website. But uh, what I wanted to achieve, it wasn't just a simple five-page website. It was, it was something a lot more complex. Um, so as a result, there were many sleepless nights, many changes, uh, many moments where I thought, well, should I just, you know, max out a credit card and pay someone to do it for me? <laughs> Um, so I had a lot of self-doubt in, 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 in that regard, uh, but luckily my friend, he's a, he's a coach uh, in Florida, he gave me a kick, and I, I simply got, got on with it and stopped feeling sorry for myself. Um, I say after finishing the magazine, I, start, I stopped, you know, I, I leapt from, from learning website creation to learning how to, to use Facebook marketing, Google Analytics understanding what's you know what's hot and what's not um you know it's my it's my personal belief that you know as business owners in in an online marketplace you know we should be uh, we should definitely have some knowledge of the technical side of how how our business operates yeah andrew that's a great great story i know uh i've been working on a couple of things like that and have been trying to to learn joomla and I, I think you've probably been working with WordPress, but it's amazing to see how uh, website design and content management has changed even over the last five to 10 years, the, the way it's become much easier to do than it used to be. So, but I, I wanted to ask you, I'm a little bit confused as to why uh, you're referring to it as a magazine and not a blog. Uh, can, you, can you tell me what your thinking is behind that? Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I've not been asked that before, actually. Um, I suppose I, I suppose I wanted to give the the magazine a little bit more, uh, what's the word, prestige. I think um, you know, a magazine certainly sounds more intriguing than a blog, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we also wanted it to be a bit more formal than a blog, because blogs are usually updated every day or every other day, whereas you know, magazines have issues. Um, you know, when new content would be released on a specific day. So, so for us, you know, we release articles every 15th of the month, um, which are written by, you know, some really amazing people, you know, in the, in the US, in the UK, and across Europe. And all of these writers, they're actually involved in, in the industry. So, you know, in private service, luxury yachting, private aviation, childcare, luxury event planning, you know, and, and articles range from career guidance, um, industry trends, advice, you know, in dealing with common situations. Um, we have a few of your DEMA educators who actually write for us on a, on a monthly basis as well. Bonnie Lowe Craman um, of, of Be The Ultimate Assistant and, and Donna Shannon of, of Personal Touch Career Services. And someone you also might know, Michael Wright, has also been known to write for us as well. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's great. There's some amazing content here. It's I've been looking at the magazine myself here now over the last couple of uh, three weeks since I knew we were going to do this interview, and I've enjoyed a lot of the articles quite a lot. There's some really good stuff here. So for any of our listeners, I encourage folks to check it out. But I did want to ask, is there is there a paper version of the magazine? No, we're actually purely purely online. Um, to be honest, you know, I didn't really see the sense in creating the paper version of the magazine. Um, you know, a website is more than adequate for, for what we wanted to achieve. Um, besides, you know, myself uh, and Anastasia as well, we're, we're both fairly conscious about our environmental footprint. So, you know, you could say it was a selfish, you know, albeit helpful, helpful decision. Um, you know, also with people more or less having uh, 24-hour access to uh, the matrix uh, via oversized smartphones and, you know, and tablets and laptops, uh, there wasn't really a need to incur additional costs by, by printing when I can actually reach more people uh, through their own devices. Um, you know, there are other options at our disposal, such as, um, I don't know if you know Issue, uh, that allows you to to create a digital magazine. So it gives you the, the appearance of a real magazine where you flip the pages. Um, mm. You know, it, it, looks, it looks really good. Uh, so that's something to bear in mind for the future once we get more, more advertisers coming in. Um, you know, we are also considering um, an estate and manor application, which will, which will make browsing um, through smartphones and, and tablets easier. So, yeah, but that's something I'll definitely not have any role in the development. Um, I think my days of complex website builds are over, to be honest. Uh, okay. Well, it's good to know. It's good to know. So, so with that in mind, what are your goals for the magazine as you, as you, I mean, have put it together and as you are, have built this out, what, what are the things that you're really trying to accomplish with it? Yeah, I think, you know, goals can change over time. Um, you know, it, it really depends. But, you know, when we, when we started uh, and, and the goals from this from this um, point in time, they haven't really changed. I mean, but we're only 12 months old. Um, we've, we already receive around 30,000 readers a month, which is which is more than I initially uh, thought was possible. Um, you know, we've done this without any marketing, but we've we've simply done it by reaching out to the right communities who've then passed on, you know, what, 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 what we do uh, to their fellow professionals. And um, as a result, we're seeing the numbers rise each month, which is really good. Um, you know, we want to continue posting, you know, relative content, which, which gives encouragement to uh, private service professionals. Um, you know, we wish to do more interviews as well. Um, this, this would allow people within the industry to give their views on the industry, on the industry and, you know, conduct interviews with companies who offer bespoke solutions to, to families across the world. Um, so for me, it's all about consolidating um, all the relevant industry into, in, in one place. Um, you know, we're launching our new private staffing jobs board next month. Um, hopefully we'll have this done by the, the next issue in, in June. Uh, this, this promises to be uh, a massive improvement on, on what we currently have on the current job system. Um, you know, we allow the current job system to be used for free by recruiters, um, but the new system will be something of extreme value to, to both recruiters and job seekers. Um, it will improve, it will include um, job and resume alerts, candidate profiles, uh, job posting metrics. Um, so this will give recruiters the ability to track clicks and, and track impressions. 
And obviously, it'll just just a nice bit of housekeeping. We'll 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 completely overhaul the aesthetics as well. So, yeah, the aim in the jobs um, aspect is to is to be the leading jobs hub for the for the private service industry in in the UK, the US, and and Europe. Um, we we also have the directory, uh, the current directory that displays companies around the world who offer. Uh, specific services to clients um, we get many recruiters actually placing their listing there so you'll get private private jet companies yacht companies um, and yeah I, I feel it's just about offering as many solutions as possible to to vendors and recruiters um, you know because the ultimate goal is to satisfy satisfy the principal I, I, I couldn't agree more with, with everything that you just said, Andrew. And I know that when we were in Europe, uh, we had an opportunity to have several uh, discussions. And mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the things that I think that we're recognizing is as an association, when we first started uh, eight years ago, um, everyone was very um, separated as far as their job titles. So, for example, you know, when you ask someone what they did, they would respond with what their what their actual job title was. So for example, sure. you know, you might have someone say, I'm a nanny, I'm a house manager, I'm an estate manager, I'm a butler. And what, what we have been successful in creating uh, here in the United States, and we're hoping to be able to bring the same results over to your, uh, to your side of the pond, as they say, um, <laughs> is, is, is basically uh, to create a, an actual overall title. So, for example, mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're talking about doctors, there's several different doctors, right, that are out there, podiatrists, dentists, uh, optometrists. Yeah. Those are all individual doctors, but they all refer to themselves as a community, as a doctor community. So um, my question to you is, are you seeing the same thing with, 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 uh, with the state and manner uh, from an educational standpoint that we are where, you know, we're starting to incorporate more more information and no, more product towards not only uh, the nannies, but also towards uh, private and personal chefs and personal assistants. I know, obviously, with your background in, in education and te- teaching children as a governor, um, that's your area. I would assume that that might be something of interest for you to begin moving towards that uh, in the future as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think you know nannies and childcare in general. It's a it's a huge part of of the the private staffing scene here in the, in the UK, uh, particularly London. Actually, um, we we get tons of of nanny, governess, and maternity nurse requests for for wealthy Arabs, Russian oligarchs, and 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 cash happy Chinese principals. You know, they they only want the best for their for their children. Um, so yeah, we see we regularly see salaries of one thousand pound a week being banded about by by principals who are looking for the you know the the very the ultimate in in, in educational professionals. Um, many nannies here are dedicated career nannies, uh, and you know they have an education which pertains to childcare development, child development. Uh, whereas some nannies would simply fall into the profession by chance. Um, I mean, I see it so often on your side of the pond in, in L.A., for example, or, or you know, Beverly Hills and, and places like that. Um, you're, the requests for, for nanny stroke house managers and, and mannies, the male nanny, uh, just completely outweigh the demand uh, here in the U.K. So, yeah, I think, I think clients here are more formal in the U.K., 
um, you know, in, in, in the States, I think clients seem more open-minded. Um, you know, you know, clients here, they, they always seem to, you know, rightly so they, they want pro- professionally trained personnel, uh, and they're less open to, to candidates who simply fall and into the role, if that makes sense. Yeah, Andrew, that, that's excellent. And it, it certainly makes a lot of sense. I wanted to maybe shift gears just a little bit. I know a lot of our listeners are very interested in the whole jobs platform. And we here in the States have a service, statejobs.com, that is kind of a, a listing of jobs. I'm wondering if you guys act as a placement agency or if you could tell us more about, you know, you said you're going to redo the jobs postings there. Tell us a little bit about that aspect of a state and manner. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're we're definitely not a a placement agency. Um, In essence, we're we're sort of like a a clearinghouse. So our current job system allows uh, domestic staffing and luxury lifestyle recruiters to submit their jobs on our dedicated jobs board. Um, I'm often asked uh, why we don't post to, to aggregators. So you've got uh, comp- you know, places like Indeed and CV Library and, and, and places like that. And the reason we don't do that is we, we, we simply want to attract the most relevant job seekers. Um, Indeed is, is a, it's a job marketplace. Um, everyone seems to apply for everything regardless of skills. Um, and I don't blame them for yeah. that because everyone has bills to pay for. Um, you know, I've, I've had situations before where I had a lady from Nepal who applied for a job as a chauffeur in London, uh, and she didn't even have a driving license, um, which is astonishing. And we've had someone apply for a pilot's job in, in South Africa, and he, he's never flown a plane before. I mean, uh, I, I call them chances. Uh, they just see an opportunity and they just, you know, apply for it without, they probably have a good idea that they're not going to be accepted for the position, but they they apply nonetheless, but our new system will will try and counter all of the uh, dud applicants, so to speak. Um, we've got a number of safeguards in place, which we're planning to uh, put into place to counter non-relevant applications. And that's actually the biggest gripe of recruiters. It's applicants not understanding uh, job history and, and the importance of having experience. And also immigration laws are the biggest uh, annoyance of recruiters uh, because it's more or less impossible for certain nationalities to obtain work permits for the U.S. or for the U.K. Um, Obviously, I'd love to assist them to to, to come and work here, but uh, my hands are tied. There's nothing I can do about that. Yeah, that's 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 great. That's interesting. So for our listeners here in the States who would be interested in possibly working, say, in the United Kingdom or in Russia, do you have any advice for, for somebody who might be looking to work in an international market? Yeah, going back to the point I just made, um, I think firstly you need to determine whether or not the job comes with a work visa. Um, work permission for the United Kingdom is... It's something which is next to impossible to obtain for, for non-EU citizens. Um, you know, I don't know how that would change if the UK voted to leave the European Union in June, um, but, but 99% of employers simply would not be able to obtain working permissions um, because legally private families are actually not included in the UK immigration or, or work quotas. So unless the principal is, is well-connected or has a successful uh, business, uh, which has, um, which is included in the in the work uh, quota. There's literally zero chance of uh, a legitimate work visa being um, allocated. 
Um, Russia, Russia, on the other hand, it's, it's quite straightforward. Uh, you pay, you get. It's as simple as that. Uh, if you've got the money, you can pretty much get anything in Russia, and that includes work visas. So, you know, there are, there are dedicated agencies in Russia and former CIS states, uh, and they basically sell services to families, which allow them to, to hire private staff like nannies and governesses and private chefs. Um, and yeah, Russia is a really fun place to work. Um, you know, when thinking about working in Russia, you just need to ignore uh, the sensationalist stories you hear on the on the news. You know, people are friendly, welcoming, and you know, in all my years, I've never ever had a problem there. Well, I, I'm I'm ready to go to Russia as long as you'll go with me to uh, to translate. Is that is to make <laughs> Well, listen, uh, I want to take a, just a quick break here. Um, I'd like to uh, remind everyone that if you uh, can't catch our show live on Wednesdays at noon Eastern time, uh, you can certainly listen to uh, not only this episode, but the previous episodes. The show is available as a podcast, uh, not only on blogtalkradio.com, but also now on iTunes. All you have to do is go to your iTunes uh, store, click on the podcast area, and uh, you can uh, subscribe to Dima Live. Just type in Dima Live, and it'll come right up. Uh, and the cool part about that is it'll automatically download the show as soon as we're completed to your phone or iPad or computer or whatever your listening device is so that you can uh, listen to the show. Um, if you are listening to the podcast replay of the show, you can leave comments in the comments box, which is located at the bottom of the page. We'd love to get your feedback uh, uh, regarding the show. Um, and also, I'd like to remind everyone that we have our, I guess it's now an international DEMA convention this year. Uh, this summer is uh, August the 26th through the 28th in Scottsdale, Arizona. And you can register to attend the DEMA convention uh, by visiting our uh, website specifically devoted to that convention, which is DEMA, D-E-M-A, convention.com. So uh, go ahead and click for... Uh, Click on that website to be able to register for uh, attending the event this year. So it's going to be an awesome event. I'm hoping that we're going to be able to twist Andrew's arm and get him to come there and, and uh, hopefully cover it uh, for, for his magazine um, and, uh, and and be able to share the information of, of how awesome it is to come to a convention. So hopefully we'll be able to twist your arm hard enough, Andrew, to make that happen, okay? For sure, for sure. <laughs> All right, cool. Hey, listen, let's get back to the uh, the focus on hand here, and um, I wanted to I wanted to address something with you, and 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 obviously going on onto the website and seeing all the fantastic uh, co- uh, content that you have, um, I saw that there's a place for for people to register, and mm-hmm. my question is, why would someone register to be part of a state manor if you have all of your content public. Sure. I mean, registration unlocks, um, I wouldn't say hidden, well, the features of, of, of the magazine for recruiters, for vendors, and, and for job seekers. Um, we made our registration straightforward, so we avoided a lot of the garbage you see. when you, you know, If you register on various sites, you'll see lots of information such as date of birth and, and such and such as for marketing purposes. We just wanted it to be quick, easy and painless. So uh, once registered agency, once agencies have registered, sorry, um, you know, they'll, they'll have an opportunity to start posting jobs with their account. 
Um, they can post unlimited jobs, which last for 30 days on the system. Um, applicants or job seekers who apply for jobs would then be sent straight to their dashboards. So, you know, they'll, they'll automatically get the application so onto their dashboard and straight through to their email uh, that they use to register. Um, so you'll see which applicants have applied for which jobs. Um, estate managers or assistants recruiting on behalf of their principals may also utilize our current system at no cost. So they get exactly the same um, features as an agency. Um, vendors and recruiters can also put a directory listing on. That needs, you know, you need to register to do that. Um, so they can they can upload all of their company details, their logo, their address, etc., etc. Um, job seekers would register to apply for jobs. It's, it's that simple. Uh, there's no other reason. Um, you know, any registered user can make comments on articles. Um, you know, if they wish to start a dis uh, discussion or debate. Um, I say some people may not agree with the articles and they want may want more clarity. Um, some may wish to sing the praises of the person who wrote the article. Um, I mean, I love engagement. I love debates. So, you know, I do encourage people to get involved. And I think that that's important to note that you know those uh, those, those post board the, the the boards that you have for people to be able to comment on that those are private because you wouldn't want that to be something that's searchable um, where okay. it might impact their uh, their ability to be able to get a job. Sure, sure, it's paramount. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, listen, one of the things that I'd like to do is you know having you on the show. I'd love to. Uh, I'm hoping that we have some. Uh, private service professionals that are listening to the show, um, uh, some international DEMA members who are listening, uh, particularly to, to, uh, to those that are in London. Um, you know, one of our goals, Andrew, is to be able to bring DEMA together um, with, uh, with the state and manner and be able to provide the private service uh, industry with some, some ability to be able to come together um, on not only a uh, uh, you know, a computer platform, but also in person. And you've mm -hmm. been to uh, a few of the meetings there in Europe. Do you feel there's a need amongst the private service professionals in Europe and elsewhere to build support networks of this nature? Uh, yeah, I do. I think, you know, you guys are, are filling a void in the UK. Um, you know, if I take nannies as a, as a really good example of this, um, they're extremely proactive in terms of, you know, arranging events to, to bring the nanny community together. So, you know, I'll, I'll go on social media and I'll see so often that nannies, you know, they'll arrange to meet up for drinks, they'll arrange bowling nights or restaurant gatherings. And, and those, those, those nights, those evenings, they actually give um, the nannies chance to, you know, let their hair down, have a good chat or a good moan, maybe, uh, about certain aspects of the profession and obviously lend each other, you know, some advice. Um, you know, but, but for other more formal um, professionals in this industry, I'm actually unaware of any any meetups. You know, so for house managers, butlers, chauffeurs, there's there's no there's no such um, there's no such thing that exists for them um, until you guys you know started started the London chapter. Um, I think networking in this way, in a more relaxed way, it can it can do a world of good for everyone. Um, it gives people. Um, a chance to, to leave the butler or household manager title behind and just simply attend an event, have a few beers, and, and simply get to know others who are, you know, in the same profession as you. Um, I mean, I'm not the most formal person in the world, and I, I well, I wouldn't, dislike's a, a, a too strong a word, but I, I can't say 
formal events are, are, are my most favorite thing. Um, but the demon events are, you know, I have to say they're, they're, they're extremely well orientated. Um, there's no pressure that looms over your shoulders and, you know, there's no pressure to have to impress or pretend to anybody. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer in what you guys are doing here and, you know, I encourage anyone in the private service industry in London um, to consider attending your events in the future. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew, that's been one of the things that I've enjoyed most about being associated with DEMA, especially here in the New York area over the last couple of years, is just to see the way that our members are getting to know each other, the way there are friendships that are developing, and just that people come and have this real sense of caring that's really starting to develop amongst our members. And that's been a great thing for us here in New York as well. So, sure. But I, I guess I was curious to know, too, one of the things that we, Matt and I have been kind of talking about as a theme amongst a lot of our shows and asking a lot of our guests is to kind of share with us some of the things that they see going in the future or trends that they might be aware of within the private service industry. So I would be curious to know your thoughts on some of the trends maybe that you see happening within private service, uh, especially from the European side of things. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's not the easiest question to answer, but, you know, you, you just have to look at the cities where, you know, the billionaires and, and multimillionaires, you know, live. Um, you know, you get principals now in, in, in London, let's say. You get them from India, China, Russia, uh, the Emirates, South America. Um, you know, the marketplace is, is becoming more more and more multi-ethnic and, you know, certain cultures have, have certain way of doing things. Um, and that means staff would, you know, they'd have to start adapting to service style changes. Um, you know, it won't always be about cucumber sandwiches and tea at, six, at four o'clock, you know. Um, you know, affluent properties, they're, they're getting bigger and bigger. Uh, and, they're, and they're being kitted out with the latest... Um, technological advancements and that means that a more mature butler who you know is maybe not quite as tech savvy as someone who is younger um would have to learn all about smart homes you know which is the way you know all these house households are going now everything's either touch screen uh motion activated or, or voice controlled um you know and you can also talk about the number of private service schools which seem to be cropping up around the world, you know, offering butler training, household manager training, and even housekeeper training, you know, it's, um, it's all about supply and demand, and, and especially in London, the demand is huge, um, which is why the schools are booming. Um, you know, I think many, many people who work in high-end hospitality, you know, so you five and six-star hotels, uh, they're understanding that, you know, with their background in, in high-end hospitality, with a estate management or, or you know, private service um, certificate, it could, it could really work wonders for, for their career prospects. Um, you know, recruitment's also an area which can evolve. Um, you know, I, I couldn't really give a definitive example of this, um, you know, but I've heard about TV recruiting, which would mean you'd have a dedicated TV channel, which is specifically for principals to find employees. So it's, it's basically like a jobs board, which allows the principal uh, to view candidates on his TV and, and pay for the service via his provider subscription. Um, you know, I don't see how, how it's any better than a, than a jobs board on the internet. You know, I don't think we need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, just an amazing time to be working in mm. this industry and to see the kinds of things that are changing and 
And I find it very exciting and invigorating to, to always be trying to stay on the cutting edge of things and be aware sure. of all the things we need to keep our knowledge base of. And that's one of the things that I love about what you're doing with the Estate and Manor magazine and the website, because it's such a great platform for for helping us to get that information and keep those trends aware. I, I love what you're doing with that. So yeah. one last quick question I have before we have to go today. I was wondering maybe just if you could share a little bit about how you view principles as you develop the magazine and what you're thinking about from their perspective, even in the articles and as you, as you approach this project. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can, um, well, some of our writers do curate content, which is based on specific industries. So some are articles in the world of personal assistance are actually tailored towards the principle and uh, explain how personal assistants can make and do their everyday life, um, you know, to make their everyday life easier uh, by taking away negative thought processes and, and placing those burdens on their own shoulders. Um, but all in all, I think that uh, principals can take information from most of our content anyway. Uh, many of the articles can give principals a uh, better understanding of how to be, you know, how to be a better employer, how to approach domestic employment contracts, you know, another information which um, which could be considered key when hiring or or firing domestic staff. Um, we do welcome you know experienced individuals who'd like to write you know specific articles which target high net worth individuals and and the private service industry, um, such as how to hire and you know what to do when your house manager does this, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I think that those are all ex extremely important facets, um, you know, for the magazine. I know that we have uh, recognized that there's a need there, um, and especially coming from an educational standpoint where you don't have uh, any skin in the game, so to speak, as far as money goes. Um, since you guys aren't a placement agency, it allows you to really be able to uh, uh, focus in and, and give some, uh, what I feel is some, some good advice from a very neutral standpoint, if that makes sense. For sure, for sure. So, um, so with that being said, you know, we've got about a couple minutes here. Um, I think we would be remiss if we didn't get an opportunity to allow people to know um, not only how they can get in touch with you, but also uh, I don't think we've talked about the website address or how people can uh, learn more about a state and manner. So if you can go ahead and share that information with our, uh, with our listeners, that would be fantastic. Sure. Uh, you, can, you can reach uh, the magazine on any device um, if you simply go to www.estateandmanor.com. Um, you can reach me uh, directly, uh, Andrew, at estateandmanor.com. All right. Excellent. Well, listen, at this point, um, Andrew, I'd like to thank you for uh, taking the time. I know it's a little bit later there uh, in uh, <laughs> in England. And uh, so I appreciate you taking time out of your, your evening schedule to, to be here on the show uh, live. And uh, I would like to also thank, um, uh, thank DJ for, for being on the show and, and, and helping set up the script. I, I think that uh, he's doing a great job as always. Uh, if you have any further um, questions regarding how you can become more involved in your local chapter of BEMA, uh, that includes London and Monaco, or you have any questions about the private service uh, industry in general, please feel free to contact us at info at domesticmanagers.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have a suggestion for a potential topic uh, or guest that you'd like us to interview, 
please feel free to contact us at that same email address, info, I-N-F-O, at domesticmanagers.com. If you cannot catch our show live on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time, or if you'd like to listen to a previous episode, please remember that the show is available as a podcast on blogtalkradio.com and now iTunes. Uh, With that being said, we hope to have everyone back uh, on the show here next Wednesday when we'll have Graham Leppert, a private service professional, um, doing a private service professional corner with us. Uh, Until then, I've been your host, Matthew Hack. On behalf of all my colleagues and the staff, I'd like to thank you for allowing us to continue to serve those who serve others.